Bearcat fans. Welcome to the Custom Roofing and Construction Bearcat pregame show. Um, we're going to do it this way this year where we're going to do a video stream and it'll also be available audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you consume your Bearcat media. Last year we uh, tried to do pregame show, but the broadcast would be who knows when we were going to get on the air. Some days we'd be on air at 645, some days it would be 725. So we figured if we could bring the fans something more consistent, something more um, that they could rely on, everybody would enjoy it a little bit more. So you'll be able to find this show on Thursday nights, however you consume your Bearcat media. Um, in the format of the show, we're going to spend segment one recapping last week. We'll spend segment two with a guest of some sort, um, some, some way we're tied to the Bearcat program, whether it's a football coach, past player, past coach, maybe a coach from another sport or an athlete from another sport to try to keep everybody involved in the Bearcat program. And then we'll finish segment three with an actual preview of the game we're all about to watch. Um, I'm excited to do this with you again this year, John. Last year was fun. Sure. And uh, we're just going to continue building on this and continue having fun with it. So uh, we're going to start this one a little different because obviously we didn't have a game last week. We're going to summarize last season a little bit. So last season uh, we saw a little bit of consistency out of the Bearcat program. So uh, in 2019... We made a pretty deep run into the playoffs. It was kind of the first one in a while. Last year, didn't quite know what the expectations were with some of the uh, you know quarterback like J guy like Jacob Pitts leaving, a few other uh, big contributors. How were the Bearcats going to step up and uh, reload those positions? And and they did an excellent job. Played December football again last year. And uh, I think that's the goal this year. In my eyes, what I'd like to see from them is just continue building on that consistency where it's not rebuilding, it's reloading. Absolutely. Back to old school Bearcat football, just we don't rebuild, we reload. We used to have the T-shirts. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what we'd like to see from the program. You know, we've just been, since since probably your era, since the end of, you know, I think 2001, which is a little after your era, but 2001, it's kind of, we've seen our highs, um, the highest highs, but we've seen, We've seen some lows in the program, so it's nice to, to see this consistency coming back. And um, I think we have the opportunity to really be playing December football again this year if, if everything goes our, you know goes right. So I'm going to yeah, start still by kind of recapping some of the accomplishments from last year. Say it again. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, back in, in the mid-'90s, I think we, my senior year was like 19 straight district championships, so it was like – it was an expectation. I mean, if we wouldn't have won district, uh, it would have been a shame. And I mean, you only had to lose one game really to lose to to lose district. That was probably to to Salina. It was between us and Salina, and it was the last game of the season every year. But uh, I'm glad to say that I'm undefeated against Salina and continued on that district championship tradition back then. Yeah, well, unfortunately, these day and age, uh, there the Salina has grown a little bit more than us. But Bearcats are going to pop points catching up. We'll get that uh, rivalry with the Salina fired back up. Me, like I said, I never, um, I played them as a sophomore, but I wasn't playing a whole lot. So when we were when we were really getting it going, my junior and senior year, we never got to put it to them, which was kind of a, a bummer. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I like but, to see uh, everything re revamped. Oh, me, yeah, me too. Uh, kind of like the Texas A&M rivalry, which we all know is coming back Absolutely. soon. So it's just a matter of time before Salina and Pot Point kick it back off, I think, once Pot Point uh, gets some of this growth that we're looking at. 
Yes, sir. So recapping uh, 2020 last year, 10-4 and four overall record, District 4, 3A runner-up. You know, we runner-up to Brock. Brock, formidable opponent, won the district last year, got upset the round before we did to the same Jim Ned team that we ultimately fell to. So area champ or by district champs, area champs, um, won the third playoff game, which was a you know a regional game to make an appearance in the state quarterfinals, the regional finals to Jim Ned, um, who we beat in 2019. But they definitely took a uh, significant step forward in 2020 on their way to, I believe, their first state championship. Um, the offense really is what carried the team last year. We averaged 37.1 points a game across 14 games. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. You know, we started the playoffs with three consecutive 40-plus point games. Um, And really, you know, the first game was 50-plus. The second game was 49. Third game in the mid-40s. So we had an explosive offense. And if we didn't go through a Max Holler injury and kind of a lull in the middle of the season, um, that probably would have been well north of 40 points a game for the Bearcats offense last year. The defense lagged behind a little with uh, 26.7 points allowed per game, which, you know, in your era was uh, quite a few points. But in the, in the age of offense, you know, yeah. But in this era, the age of offense, teams all over the place are scoring more. Um, you know, would like to see that tuned up a little bit. But if you're averaging 40, 45 points a game offensively, you know, you have a little bit of leeway. And, you know, as fast as the Bearcats would score last year, the defense was on the field a lot, Absolutely. so that that is another thing that I think feeds to some of this explosion in offense. The defenses are just on the field so much. Um, so that's the team rap accomplishments last year when it came to, like I said, ten and four district runner-up, state quarterfinalists, um, a pretty good offense and a defense that would a lot of times bend but not break and get some big turnovers. Um, but this team was loaded with individual accomplishment last year. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, the main one was was probably Ish Harris. He had 1,788 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns, Ryan, and was the uh, 2020 Offensive Player of the Year for District uh, uh, District 4, 3A. Um, and then, of course, uh, Jay Cox, who graduated, uh, is going to be uh, going to be a big loss. Big play, Jay. He was our receiving leader with 741 yards and 10 touchdowns, and he was the uh, uh, District 4-3A Utility Player of the Year. So that's going to be a, a big hole that we've got to fill this year. And, of course, his brother – If only he had a younger brother that was built the same and looked almost identical to fill his shoes. Yeah, though. a little bit taller, actually. So we, we, we do have the luxury of having <laughs> Aiden, Aiden Cox returning. Uh, you know, he was a, a first-team all-district punter. I think it was first-team all-district uh, defensive end as well. But, um, you know, he averages 40, 42 yards a punt. He's got a great leg. I mean, he, he can he can do it all. Uh, make tackles, make plays offensively. So we're looking for, for a huge senior year out of, out of Aiden Cox. Of course, you mentioned uh, Max, Max Holler uh, graduating. Uh, he was a passing leader, of course, almost 1,500 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, and then uh, almost 1,400 yards rushing and 20, accounted for 20 touchdowns uh, rushing. So he was a true dual threat. Uh, Do it all. Yeah, absolutely. So the so White Smith has uh, got big shoes to fill there. Um, I think what we're going to see out of White is a little bit more traditional uh, passer. Uh, than runner, but I think he's a capable runner as well. But uh, Max was, was first-team all-district quarterback last year. Um, and then we had Jacob Scott, 
first di- first team all district lineman, and then of course uh, Avery Smith in the no fly zone. Um, he was the first first team all district receiver, and he played free safety, so it's a big loss for him graduating. Uh, but what I saw out of the scrimmages, we may see may see Ish back there at free safety a little bit to uh, to to cover that. Um, again, Aiden, you know, Aiden was a uh, first team all district as well at defensive end. And then, uh, Tristan Trubenbach is kind of a, a, one of those unsung hero guys. He was first team all district linebacker. Um, and he had 118 tackles and two sacks. So quite, quite a bit of production there. And then I, I, I don't think the guy got any honors, but you remember, uh, Dorian Soroka kind of, uh, it, he was the anchor yeah, for a while. Yeah. The first couple of games we, we, we couldn't stop talking about the guy. He was making plays left and right, and then he was running the ball as well. And then I think, you know, an injury cut his, uh, cut his season and career ultimately a little bit short. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a big loss from last year. And then um, let's see, Troy, Troy Tencher is another one of those unsung hero guys that uh, uh, made a lot of plays defensively. He was second team all-district defensive end. He had 39 tackles and five sacks. And then uh, Aston Kirby, who's returning, had 29 tackles, my favorite number. Nice job, Aston. One one sack. Um, I, I do remember a, a nice kickoff return for a touchdown from Aston. They kind of picked on Aston last year. Of course, Ish was the, the strong corner on the other side. So it was a, a pretty easy decision, I think, for, for most teams to, to go at Aston. But it's going to be interesting to see his development uh, from, from last year to this year. I think he's going to make, you know, huge strides. And then, of course, uh, we talked about Avery Smith. He was second-team all-district defensive back. And then Hoel, our, our kicker, um, you know, he's he was 40. Secret weapon. 48 of 52 point-after attempts and nine for uh, 11 field goals. And he also had six tackles. He was my favorite uh, my favorite special teams tackler, even though you don't want to ask your your kicker to make a lot of tackles. <laughs> Man, he, 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 can, uh, he can really hit you. Uh, from that, from that kicker, stick his nose in there and tap. Yeah, absolutely, he, and you know the range of him too. We'd watch him pregame hitting forty plus forty plus yarders, and I believe he was just a sophomore last yeah, year. So you know, as he continues his physical development, maybe you know we're maybe we're at forty five this year. Maybe a senior we get to 50, 50 yards, and uh, that changes the whole game if you have a kid who can kick it as consistently and accurately as as well. So. That's gonna win you win you yeah, ball games. You made, know, made a, huge, a few playoff games from good field made a huge difference for uh, for your teams back in the days. Uh, y'all want y'all yeah, want key games because yeah. because of, of good good field goal kicking back then. Yeah, and that's right. You brought up Aston Kirby last year, who was the sophomore who we was getting picked on in the in the passing game. But I just remember time after time after time. I, we were we were wanting to change his number because we figured we thought that the referees were watching film and like oh it's number eight yeah. we got to throw a flag on him. so many times I felt like he was in perfect position and maybe even the receiver was pulling him to the ground and and getting the flags called on him so you know but another year older another year of development um, working over the summer I believe with who probably will be our next week's guest Coach Phillips over there from Fit Body Gym. Um, I, I can't wait to see, see see the development of him and some of those kids that have been working with that. Um, so that's kind of some of the, the accomplishments. Last year, team was loaded uh, with uh, individual accomplishment, accomplishments, all district honors, some all area honors, you know, uh, honorable mention, all state. Um, got some kids going to the uh, the next level. I think we had maybe four. Yeah, so we had four. Yeah, Jake, at, uh, Jake, smaller colleges. Jake Cox uh, went on to Cisco College. Max Holler uh, went to Valley, I believe it is, and, and uh, Jacob Scott. 
uh, went to Lincoln, and Colin Haynes went to Bethany Swedes up in Kansas. And then we had, uh, you know, three TSWA All-State players, uh, Max Holler, Ish Harris, and right. Jay Cox. So only one of those guys returns. That's Ish Harris, of course. Um, we're expecting yeah. a huge thing you know, uh, this year. Yeah, speak, uh, you know, well, first, Jay Cox went to Cisco. That's uh, where, the, you know, Jarman Johnson went after his Bearcat career and played a few seasons there. Yep. But, you know, uh, We've made it this far, really, without mentioning Ish. You know, four-star rivals linebacker, 36th-ranked player in the state, um, over the offseason had committed to A&M. Um, what an accomplishment to be able to get that sort of uh, notoriety and that notice um, from, you know, from Pilot Point, which, you know, it's been traditionally a good football program, but we just don't get the exposure that you get in a lot of these bigger areas. So for him to get out there and get himself noticed, and it's it's got to be a tribute to the type of kid he is, the, his work ethic, um, and obviously skill on the field. It's going to be exciting to see um, his senior season here uh, playing for the Little Pop Point Bearcats, getting ready to uh, make the trip up to College Station next year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad he went ahead and, and committed and got that out of the way so there's not a, you know, that distraction of where will he go uh, looming over, you know, kind of the season. So I'm, I'm glad he's, he's committed to A&M. Sounds like they've got the major that he, he's, he's some kind of agricultural guy. So it's going to be a good fit for him. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that uh, when I listened to um, Chance and Travis discuss the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, which I'd like to get to in a minute, talked about the uh, Whataburger Super Team, which I didn't realize was like a, a a team put together from all classifications. So six man or one A now all the way up to six A, uh, and and Ish is is somebody on that's you know preseason Whataburger Super Team. So you know that's not just another three a, compared against other three A guys or just other guys in this area. That's that's a statewide from top to bottom super team. So that's pretty cool that we're getting that sort of exposure for them. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, um, they had the district breakdown this year. Um, I don't think it's any secret that we've got, uh, you know, Brock listed at the top to at least start the season. Um, well, that's, a, that's really not that big of a surprise, but they are going through a coaching change. Um, they did lose a player as talented as Cash Jones, and I was unaware of uh, what you brought up to me earlier about the receiver who was at Brock last year who's now made his way to All Saints, yeah. which is kind of bittersweet. We're Chris, still going to be seeing him on the schedule, Chris but we don't have to see him in district. That's yeah, so, yeah. you know, they're definitely – and not – I mean, they had they had an abundance of talent, no doubt, so they could afford to graduate some of this net. But it is going to be interesting to see new coach, new dynamic. Um, some some different guys. So I don't think it's just a given that Brock finishes at the top, but they're picked at the top. Um, Pilot Point, we're basically slotted to finish exactly where we did last year, right there behind them. Um, and then the team that I'm I'm most concerned about coming out of this district this year, just strictly because what they did to us last year at home is Whitesboro, Whitesboro Bearcats, who are picked to finish third in our district. Um. Seeing the way they played us last year at home really was an awakening to me. And from what I understand, they're returning, um, they're returning nine starters on offense, seven on defense, um, to what was already a, a well-coached, salty football team. So that's going to be a team that we're going to have to keep our eye on this year. Yeah, absolutely. Whitesboro seems to really bring it uh, in the Battle of the Bearcats last few years. They're, they're taking it personal. Yeah. 
Um, what we as pot point fans and historians, we can't overlook Boyd. Boyd is selected kind of fourth um, and to nab that final playoff spot. Um, listening to Chance and Travis talk, they thought that the top five of this district, you know, you had your Brock at the top. Pot point, we feel like we've separated ourselves and we're there at that second spot. But that third and fourth spot, they said, can be up for grabs between, you know, Whitesboro, Boyd, Paradise, or Bowie, or even Peaster, who's kind of a newer program, who is going to take another step into their program this year. So it's going to be an interesting year. You know, Ponder made huge steps last year. They're picked to finish eight. They made some steps last year, really gave us a a challenge there at Ponder. Um, But they ran that real, like, uh, you know, academy-style offense, the wishbone, keep the clock running last year that really helped kind of keep the score under control. From what I understand, they've switched back to a more traditional-style offense, which hopefully opens up the clock a little for the Bearcats to put some more points on them again because 2019 we scored 70-something on them. Yeah. And last year, man, we just squeaked by them, it seemed like, with a late touchdown. We only beat them 18-13 to 13 last year. Yeah, uh, big play Jay, I remember, had to come through for us in the in the fourth quarter uh, for us to squeak that one out. We were We were on pins and needles. We, we sure were. Um, so that is kind of how Dave Campbell's Texas football season. I, I kind of see it pretty similar. The only team that, you know, Brock's going to be Brock. We have our chance with him, I think, because of the things I listed out. But I am definitely going to keep my eye on the Whitesboro Bearcats because um, I don't know if it was just a fluke game the last two years where they, they kind of came to play pilot point um, because apparently the last two years they've really played us different than they've played everyone else. Um, but this year it can't be – we can't – fall for that a third time. You know, we got to go in. It's going to be in Whitesboro. We're going to have to to show up that night. Absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be a battle. Yeah, so while we just kind of hit on the district summary, let's go ahead and go through the Bearcats schedule this year. So we start off this Friday night, the 27th in uh Plainview High School in the Ardmore, Oklahoma area. Plainview, Oklahoma, we played them last year. Uh, first time we played an out-of-state team. And uh, we put it on them last year early, and, man, they came hot and heavy in that fourth quarter trying to make that comeback and definitely gave us a scare to open the season. Week two will be our first home game of the year, and it'll be the first time we ever match up with Fort Worth All Saints. Had them on the schedule last year with, with the two twins who committed to Alabama, but due to COVID, they pulled out, and we played, replaced that game with Castleberry High School, who was coached by the old, old pot point coach Juan Silva. And, I, you know, we, we put it on them last year. So I imagine they wouldn't want to play us. You know, 4A school getting tuned up by a 3A school. I don't think I'd want any part of that again either. Um, but then, uh, so those are two tough games to start the start the season for sure. Both winnable, but both very tough. Yep. And then we have, I think, what is always going to be a good measuring stick for the pot point program, and that's week three home game against the Gunner Tigers. So, um, you know, pot point leads the series against Gunner, something like 28, 29 wins, five losses, and one tie. Um, but Gunner's been racking up the wins here of late. Yeah, it doesn't, so it doesn't a, seem that way, the way they've had success the last, uh, last few years against us. Yeah, and just I uh, want to shout out, I'm going to get a lot of our stats this year. You're going to hear on this show and on the broadcast from the, the newly published Pilot Point Media Guide. Lots and lots of work by Chance Kirby, Travis Marsh, and the Aussies are putting it together. It is impeccable. I actually have the actual record in front of me, but my printer isn't near the quality, so it's uh, it's a little bit blurry for me. But we're going to have uh, a lot of stats to bring you this guy this this season that I think y'all are going to be really impressed with, and it all goes to the work that Chance and Travis put in building this incredible media guide. If you want to look at it, it recaps um, the Bearcats' entire program, so from 
from ninety years. We've been at inception it. of the program to our their six hundredth program six hundredth win in program history last year, which I had no idea that our last win against Bushland was pilot point or yeah, Bushland was pilot point six hundredth win in program history. That'd have been nice to know going into that game, right? But we have stats like that this year due to just I can't imagine the hours and hours of work that they put in. Um, I mean, it has every record. It has the season record of every season Pilot Point's ever had. All the coaches, all – I mean, it's just – it's impeccable. So it's, it's 1931. Go look for that. On, We're on the 90th yeah, year, right? Any of, any of the PilotPointBearCats.com media, so the Twitter, Facebook, the website, it's there and it's awesome. So week four is when we start the district schedule, and we have a couple road games to start off. We're going to go to Peaster on September 24th, and we're going to follow that with Bowie on October 1st. So um, both of those, I like I like this to start district, kind of get us in the groove after three tough games to start the season at Peaster, at Bowie, very winnable games for us. And then uh, week six, we get to we get to enjoy. The home, con- you know, friendly confines of Massey this year when we're doing the Paradise Panthers. So we're not going to have to broadcast from the, you know, the Paradise stands right above some of the parents. Hallelujah. So, then the game that, like I said, I'm looking at most this year is Week Seven on the road in Whitesboro, Battle of the Bearcats at 377, and that could really, you know, our first measuring stick of where we are in the, as a program is going to be Week Three against Gunner, but where we stand in the district. That's going to be a huge matchup on the road, Week Seven, October fifteenth, against the Whitesboro Bearcats. I, want, I you know, I need to look. We'll know when the time comes. They had was it Whitesboro that had a really? No, I don't think it was Whitesboro. Had the really big nose tackle. That was another. Yeah, another Whitesboro program, had. But yeah, Whitesboro uh, had the uh, one of the Manchesters. Um, it was a yeah, grave digger. Yeah, I thought so. it, I the, grave, so. the grave digger, I think, is in his graves. Yeah, where he he was unblockable the first half, and then he kind of tired up the second a little. Um, but you know, we had kind of dug ourselves a hole at that point. I believe Max Holler was out that week as well, so it's going to be a different game this yeah, time we around. Yeah, we had a lot um, of guys you missing. Know, as long as we're healthy. Yeah, we had Max missing. We also had uh, yeah. there's there's a bunch of COVID issues um, in and around the the, the city. Yeah. That Hol- I think uh, Holloway. That we no, yeah, Holloway, I think Max Holloway was missing. We we're missing some linemen. Our center. Yeah, a couple couple linemen yeah. were missing. Yeah, so then we go week eight. We have Ponder, and that's going to be a another home game for uh, against Ponder. So that'll be a good bounce, uh, you know, kind of a week between uh, the Whitesboro game, which we know is going to be tough, and then the last two district games of the year, which is going to be at Boyd and then at home versus Brock. Those dates are September 24th <clears throat> and November 5th. So the regular season this year looks like, you know, going to spread October or August 27th, which is this coming Friday, through November 5th. And uh, by the end of the night, November 5th, hopefully we're uh, making plans for the next week and where we're going to broadcast from our first playoff game. Absolutely. And those last two uh, games against Boyd and Brock, Ryan, we should mention that both those teams are are uh, getting uh, getting new head coaches this year. Um, and that's why a lot, of yeah. are, a lot of people are predicting Brock to kind of fall off a little bit, but that's it's also uh, putting a chip on their shoulder. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I believe they had some billboard material. I think I heard a story about about uh, Dave Campbell's writer saying that. And, yeah, and, and Brock was yeah, already they, jumping they pin, on it. They pinned that tweet on their. They pinned that tweet on their on their Twitter, and then I also heard, I also heard that the Padilla poll, uh, for whatever that's worth, had them had Brock uh, rated ninth in state, uh, which to me seems ridiculous. Uh, 
that they'd be ninth. I think I think the Bearcats are coming in at second or third. Yeah, we got a full depth of their uh, a dose of their depth last year too. So yeah, it wasn't just Cash Jones driving that bus. They they were they were loaded. Absolutely. Um, one thing I I didn't actually have the date on, but I do now. September tenth is the bye week, so that's between the All Saints week two and the game three against Gunner. So September tenth looks to be the bye week because the dates on the All Saints game September third. The next game is going to be September seventeenth, um, and that'll be a home game against the Gunner Tigers. So last part of this segment that I want to cap is kind of, John, what, what specific goals, if any, do you want to see from the Bearcats this year? Well, obviously with the new quarterback, we want him to establish himself. I think White's going to be a junior. So if he has, a, if he has an exceptional year, that would be, that would be outstanding uh, leading into his senior year next year. Um, obviously, we've got, a, we've got a lot of production to replace uh, from Max and, and Jay graduating. So I really want to see some of these uh, wide receiver, the wide receiving core, you know, develop with with Aston. Looks like uh, Crew Chandler looked real good in in the scrimmages. We'll see how he comes along. Um, you know, and 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 like you said, I think first or second in district is is got to be the, the the first goal, and then just get into the tournament, get in the playoffs, and and go from there. But um, I mean, I would. You know, I'm hoping for a for a rematch with Jim Ned, and you know, round three or four of the playoffs, and I like our I like our chances with Ish being a senior. Hopefully, he's got a big chip on his shoulder about that game, and we'll see. I mean, you never know. You got to stay got to stay healthy. You got to stay the course, one game at a time. All those things, um, but we'll see. You know, like you said, that I think that Gunner that Gunner game, and what is that the third third or fourth week? I guess the week after the bye, probably the fourth week. Third third game. It's going to be week four, right. seventeenth. That's going to be a it's going to be a, a huge gauge of where we're at because Gunner is returning everyone. I mean, their their quarterback's a stud. I uh, saw so he's getting some offers. They got that Ethan Sloan. I remember at, at wide receiver. They got. Uh, they got a the kid. It's going to be a junior, I think. They've got uh, Kate Pick, Pickens like uh, linebacker slash tight end guy. So man, that that Gunner Gunner game is going to be going to be exceptional. For me, I think it's as simple as you can't play uh, Thanksgiving football back to back years and then come into a year and say, "Oh, just one or two." No, I mean my goal is is Thanksgiving football. You can't be playing it back to back years and then be returning as many quality players as we are returning and have anything less on the mind than, I think, um, Thanksgiving football. And uh, and that, that's what I want to see from the Bearcats this year. I, would, I, I really enjoy that week getting out there, Thanksgiving football. A lot of times they do something at the stadium the night before. It's just always a good time. So that's what I'd like to see from them this year, just continue building on it, the consistency as a program and uh, be playing into Thanksgiving. Absolutely. So with all that being said, that's going to be the end of our segment one, which is our recap in last year and preview in the upcoming season. And next we're going to do our interview with Coach Travis Marsh, and then we'll be back with segment three, which will be re- uh, previewing the Plainview Indian game. So here we are. And we're back on the Custom Roofing and Construction Bearcat pregame show. Like we said earlier, throughout the season, we're going to try to bring you all guests to bring you all some insight on different parts of uh, the Bearcat program. So this week, Starting off, none better than Coach uh, Travis Marsh, who's kind of helped launch this whole PowerPointBearcat.com media empire that we're going after. And uh, thanks for ha- thanks for joining us, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I look forward to this uh, 
ever since you told me that it was an option, I couldn't wait to, to get on and, and see what y'all have going on. Well, this is definitely a new adventure for us. Last year, the first year of the broadcast, we decided we wanted to do a pregame show, but whether we were playing at Massey or on the road or whatever, um, sometimes we couldn't get on the air till five minutes before kickoff, and a pregame show wasn't really an option. So this year we wanted to bring something more steady um, to the table so the fans can uh, the fans can enjoy. So, you know, let's get into some of the questions we have here. You know, hard-hitting, right-to-the-point Bearcat questions here. So... You know, first question I have is I know a big part of uh, the program when I was in school was the summer program. So I know that, you know, y'all y'all are as involved as you can be to a point. So I'd like to like you to walk me through what the summer program looks and uh, how do you think the players progressed physically, um, but also kind of building that bond that you build through the summer getting ready for the season. Um, physically, it's, we were in the weight room a lot, and uh, Coach Keith Peacock and Coach Kyle Peacock had put together a really good uh, weight program for the kids where they could develop uh, physically and, and get stronger uh, with functional strength, not just pushing around heavy weight, but pushing around heavy weight in a way that's going to benefit us on the football field. Um, as far as the whole team goes, the UIL has relaxed everything quite a bit to where we're able to actually do coach-led football and sport-related instruction. And so we were able to get out there and uh, have a set amount of time per week uh, that we are allowed to actually practice football. Now, obviously, you can't hit anybody. You can't do anything like that. No step over dummies. But you're able to at least go through the route tree, go through some concepts, and teach a little bit as far as that. And then a seven-on-seven, seven, uh, we played in two leagues over the summer, and so we were able to, to get some work in as far as uh, covering and throwing and catching. Perfect. That's uh, that is yeah. definitely an adjustment that I'm used to. That y'all actually not just. I think when I was in school, the coaches I don't even think were supposed to be guiding the lifting workouts. But now y'all can actually get out there on the field a couple hours a week and and give some football instruction. Yeah, no, it's it's huge. It's a uh, it's a big uh, it's a big boon to the people that use it correctly and that actually take advantage of it. Oh, absolutely, John. So, coach, this is uh, number twenty nine here. I got a question for you. So uh, last year, you know, about this time, we're still touch and go with COVID. And you, you were in charge of doing the, the scheduling, correct? You're still in charge of that? Uh, yes, sir. And so, I mean, this Plainview uh, game, they're, uh, the reason we're playing them is because of COVID, right? You had, you had to reach out and find, a, find an opponent. Yes, sir. It was a it was a mad scramble last year just to try to find people to fill the schedule because uh, different people were dropping like flies. Other people couldn't play. We were constantly moving around. Um, the Castleberry game last year, I found it two weeks before we played them. Uh, they dropped us this year. I, I don't know if that's because they didn't appreciate the scoreboard or you know you, you never know why why people drop you. But we went back to our original week two opponent with uh, Fort Worth All Saints. Um, and, and so it's, it's touch and go and it still might be, uh, you never know. Uh, so the phone stays hot and numbers stay ready and I always have a, a penciled list of people to call, but, uh, it, it's been a lot more, uh, steady this year than it was last year for sure. Are there any, well, I'm uh, glad that we're getting the all saints. For- I'm glad we're getting the all saints team. Sorry, John. I'm glad we're getting the all saints team after the two kids go to Alabama. So I think that might be yeah. helpful. Amen. Yeah, we, we dodged a bullet. Now next week, you know, we'll we'll have our, our hands full and you'll learn all about All Saints next week. And it's not gonna be a, 
an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, but at least the Brockermeyer twins won't be part of it. Yeah. Well, I did see that uh, Brock kid moved back to All Saints. I think it's Chris Palfreeman, their their backup running back from from last year. I think he's at I think he's at All Saints now. He is, and you know he's getting Power Five looks as a wide receiver. Uh, and you know he burnt ish and just happened to drop the ball last year. And so uh, hopefully we have that corrected before we see him. But I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. We still have Plainview, Oklahoma to play. So, Coach, are you aware of any uh, uh, specific protocols for Oklahoma for the for the folks that are traveling there? Um, do, do you have to have digital tickets? What What is that looking at? No, uh, no stadium limitations. No, uh, no special protocols that we're aware of at this time. Uh, you know, hopefully it's it's hundred percent capacity football uh, like it's supposed to be. And we are what one and zero all time against uh, out of state opponents. That was plain view from last year, right? Yes, sir. That was our first time to venture out of state and uh, definitely the first time to, to play the great state of Oklahoma, and we were 1-0. All right, looking forward I, I to do want to bring up – yeah, I do want to bring I, up – I hear that. Plainview, Oklahoma is in the Ardmore area. If you just, like, Google Plainview, Oklahoma, you get something way northern Oklahoma, and I don't want any Bearcat fans ending up in, you know, northwest Oklahoma wondering where we're playing. Taking a five-hour trip. Today. Well, the the bad thing is, is once they once they finally listen to this podcast, if they're on their way to Plainview, Oklahoma, they're already about three hours in. Um, Plainview yeah, High, High School, School. Is, is an out. Yeah. Plainview High School is on the outskirts of Ardmore, Oklahoma, uh, and so whenever you're setting your GPS, set your GPS to Ardmore, uh, not not Plainview, and uh, you know that that'll get you yeah, to the right. Still spot. a bit of a drive, but not quite the same. Yeah, not, it was still a bit of a drive, but not quite the same. Um, so I got another question here yeah, for you. No, I know it, um, we had a, a mantra going into the 08 season, kind of one of those things that we would say to ourselves. So, And it was about togetherness. Um, I think my 07 season, we were a pretty decent football team, but it just didn't seem – we just – the whole team wasn't gelling. So Coach Felt came up with the mantra, together we can. So he would say so – one of the coaches would yell, together the team would yell, we can – and uh, I don't know, it felt like it kind of kept us on point throughout the year that if we just kept together, we could achieve our goals. Um, not every year. I think the next year we didn't have, per se, a, a specific one like that, but we'd have little things we'd tell ourselves. Is there something within the program you guys harp on consistently to try to keep the players focused on building on the um, the success that we've had the last couple of years? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say that we have a, a year-to-year type mantra or anything like that. We don't have a new saying for this year. Um, or anything like that. But for the past three years, it's been hard work pays off. Uh, and, and we just we stick with that because uh, we're not always going to be the most talented team. Um, we're, we're not always going to have the, the best players. Um, but we can always have the hardest workers, and sometimes that means a whole lot more than, uh, than anything. It, it doesn't matter if you're, a, if you're a five-star guy with a one-star work ethic. Um, that there, there's no, no gain to that. But if you're a one-star guy with a five-star work ethic, then we can, we can work with that. Um, and so that's really kind of what we go with is, is hard work pays off. And that, that is the truth, right? And it has. Yeah. At this point, you know, 20, 28, 28 games in, in two years is a, is a good run. Uh, it's not good enough. But, um, you know, it, there's a lot of programs in the state of Texas that would, would really be pleased with that, and we are. We don't want to take it for granted, but uh, it, it's not what we're in it for. Coach, uh, we saw quite a few uh, announcements regarding uh, coaching changes, and you see that 
really with with every school after uh, every year people retire and, and move on etc um, uh, we saw a few for for our pilot point Bearcats um, can you run down the, the new coaches and what their football responsibilities are so uh, you know the viewers and listeners can kind of uh, pay attention to, to the new roles and responsibilities that, that uh, come with the new coaches this year. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a volatile profession. Uh, there's there's two types of coaches, hired and fired, and sometimes I wonder which one I am on a daily basis. Um, but, you know, uh, we have Coach Reed Eichenberger, who's coming in from Ponder, and he's going to be a defensive line and special teams, and he helps with our tight ends and H-backs. Um, he's a huge addition for us. He's a, you know, all the guys that we added are just great human beings. Uh, and, and that, you know, if you're a great human being, it's easy to be a great coach. And so, uh, we're really glad that coach Eichenberger's here. Uh, Joey Stone's come to us from Princeton. Uh, he is doing wide receivers and secondary. And, uh, again, just another great human being and brings a wealth of experience. He has a lot of coordinator experience from his time in, uh, in Plano. And, uh, you know, he has, he has some skins on his wall. He, uh, Coach Rex Burkhead and, and some guys, some big names. So it's pretty pretty neat to have him around. And then uh, we also brought in Keith Peacock, who, of course, his brother Kyle is, is the current offensive coordinator and has been for a couple years. And then Keith was uh, on staff previously. And so uh, it's been really, really nice to have Keith come in from Reedy uh, High School there in Frisco. And he just he's doing the offensive line and helps with the defensive line. And um, just the energy that he brings and, and the, the knowledge that he brings really – um, it makes a big difference. And then uh, we had a Chris Young and Colby McKay. Uh, they're both kind of helping at the high school, just uh, kind of getting where they fit in. Uh, you have to be a Swiss Army knife because their uh, their junior high uh, is going to be the main responsibility for them, and they're doing a really good job of, of you know learning the ropes and, and chipping in however they can, and they're doing a fantastic job. But, uh, again, the, the five guys that we added are just they're good human beings, and uh, that's hard to come by. But uh, we're, we're happy to have them for sure. And, the good thing is, is the guys that they replaced, um, they moved on to, to different jobs, better jobs. It wasn't, you know, we, we, we have no hard feelings with the, the guys that left. Um, and so that's a, that's usually an unusual thing. You know, usually somebody will find a way to work their way out. And, uh, you know, we just had guys left just because of the moving on in the profession. And we were able to replace them with, with quality human beings. So I got a question now more specifically to the, to the, to the team this year. So, New season, you know, same coordinator, same head coach on the offensive side specifically. Um, but new season brings new wrinkles, specifically on offense this year. Max Holler, um, he was an effective passer last year, but his explosion in the run game is what really separated him and um, really helped drive the offense. So this year I've heard great things about the new quarterback, uh, quarterback Wyatt Smith, um, but I imagine nothing against him, just how explosive Max was. I imagine it's hard to fill those shoes and that explosion in the run game. Um, what wrinkles might we see or notice in the offense this year that might help fit Wyatt a little more in the offense than just per se, you know, Max? Um, I mean, first off is if, if you could have told me that we were going to be able to effectively replace Jacob Pitts um, and, and go right into Max Holler and what a blessing that was. Um, yeah, I, I would have called you a liar. Uh, and then now, you know, we don't we don't know much about Wyatt. Uh, he hadn't played a varsity snap yet in a live game, but I know he's a great kid, and I know he's a hard worker, and uh, he's he's done his due diligence to try to to learn everything that he can learn. But 
we'll find out a whole lot more about you know Wyatt Smith at 7:30 on Friday night. Um, and he he does a fantastic job. He has really good command of the offense. Um, but even even when we had Max, the game plan changed week to week. Uh, how we wanted to attack a defense changed week to week. That's going to be the same thing with Wyatt. Is um, you know it's going to be about how we choose to attack the defense, and you know um, you, you don't replace Max Holler as a runner. Uh, I'll I'll go on record because this will be on record and say that Max Holler was the best running quarterback in Texas high school football last last year. Uh, it, you, you can that shallow water game says enough. Um, what he did in the playoffs says enough. Uh, he almost rushed for two thousand. He passed for fifteen hundred. That's yeah. insane. Um, but you don't replace Max with another Max. Um, and so what we need is we need Wyatt to be Wyatt. Uh, we need Wyatt to, to use his God-given ability to maximize what we can do with the offense. And so uh, if that's enough coach speak for you to dance around the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like you know, I would expect nothing less. I listen to the Bearcat Insider. Say it again, John. I say it looked like Wyatt can, you know, he can really spin it. He's throwing it around nicely in the, in the scrimmages from what I saw. Yeah, and it's a, you know, he he's a very capable quarterback. Um, you know, like I said, we don't know if if we don't know what he is, except we know he's a great kid that's worked hard and put himself in a position to to start for the Pilot Point Bearcats, and uh, that says something. If you're starting for the Pilot Point Bearcats, it 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 says something. Um, you know, we're 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 a special program, and and he's going to be a leader of a special team. So off script a little, um, just because we're doing this early, we had we hadn't personally got to look around and see much game film. Um, I'd like to just get in a little bit on what you think about Plainview, and uh, I mean obviously not too many details, but what can we expect to see from Plainview on Friday night? Uh, they're a good football team. Um, if if y'all go back to last year, um, we had all that we wanted. Uh, for the first three quarters, and then uh, it, it we kind of pulled away late. Um, and even though the score 30, was about 30, a, I don't 20. remember the score off the top of my head. Um, it was about a twenty point. I was about to say I think it was about a twenty point spread. Um, it it did not feel like a twenty point spread on the sideline. Uh, it felt like we were on pins and needles uh, almost the whole second half because of how explosive they are. Um, and that's going to continue. They they bring back a, a, a veteran quarterback now, Reese Taylor that can, can throw the crap out of the deep ball, and he's mobile. Uh, he's throwing to uh, one of the top receivers in Oklahoma and also a guy that uh, is probably going to get drafted by the Major League Baseball with uh, Morgan Pearson out at receiver. And then they have a, a very capable duo at, at running back. Um, number 32, Caden Pickens, is, is a great running back, and he's a fantastic linebacker. And then, you know, he's a, he has a backfield mate that's just as good. Um, offensive line – Offensive line, they're big and physical. Um, they're going to give us all that we want. Uh, if we are to uh, happen to walk out of Plainview, Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, Ardmore, Oklahoma, at Plainview High School, um, with a with a victory, we earned it. Um, it is a perennially good football team that we're well, going against. Coach, we're looking forward to it. I uh, want to thank you for spending some time with us today on the Custom Roofing and Construction Bearcat pregame show. Um, that's all I have, and uh, we'll be there early Friday night uh, ready to bring the game live and cheer on the Bearcats. Thanks, Coach. Yes, sir. Go, go Bearcats. Bearcats. All right. Hey, thank you, guys, and go Bearcats. All righty. And we're back to the Custom Roofing Instruction pregame show.
And uh, we're going to start off this segment. This is going to be our preview to the uh, game one, week one. Football season's finally here. We're ready to play some football, 7.30 Friday night. And I'm going to kick this off with uh, a little depth chart I have of what looks like it's going to be the starters um, for the Bearcats this year. So we're going to start with the offensive line, and we're going to start with left tackle Aaron Stripmatter, left guard Dak Morgan. Then we have our center Alfonso Ortiz, our right guard Eddie Batista, our right tackle, Quentin Cox. And then we're going to go to receivers. we got Cade Carter playing split out or splitting out left. we got our Z is Aston Kirby. We've got Crew Chandler playing in the slot. And we got Aiden Cox playing the X on the far right side. And in the backfield, we got Wyatt Smith playing quarterback. And next to him is going to be Ish Harris playing the, you know, the traditional tailback role with Alex Puga, who came on the scene late last year in uh, the playoffs playing H-back for us. So that's going to be the start side of the ball for the Bearcat offense. On the defense, we got Alex Puga playing the bear position, which was kind of a, a blitzing type outside linebacker, if I remember correctly. And then we get into some of these, uh, the defensive line. We got Eddie Batista, Ryan Riney playing the nose tackle, and then back to Aaron Stripmatter playing the quick tackle, and then playing the other outside linebacker is the infamous number 27, Curly Brockman. Let's go, Curly. Who we just had a great time with last year. He would put his head in anywhere to make a tackle. You need kids like that, you know. Yeah, he's, he's uh, playing backup, yeah, not, run, backup running back as well. He'll get, he'll get some carries. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Ish Harris's backup. Yeah. So, and then, and then starting outside linebacker. Playing the linebacker positions, we got Aiden Cox. And then we got, it looks to be... Alejos, I gotta find Alejos's first name, but Elias Alejos, maybe sophomore. Um, last year I believe he was just kicking, but this year it looks like he's gonna be playing linebacker. I'll probably get corrected if I'm not right on that, but the the depth chart definitely says Alejos here. Yeah, maybe it's Eddie Gatton Alejos. Cornerbacks, we have Aston Kirby playing on the left side and Crew Chandler playing on the right side, and then in the safety positions. We have Ish Harris making his way to free safety this year and Jace Williams playing um, the strong safety. So got some new kids on the on the on the roster this year, new kids stepping up, making their first starts Friday night. And you know, um, something Coach Marsh brought up that, you know, I think was right is you know, you, you think you might know what you have in practice, but you don't really know until you know seven thirty in that first game. So we've got a lot to see from a lot of new kids this year. Absolutely. So now that we've went through the roster here, let's dive into uh, Plainview a little bit. Plainview runs kind of a traditional spread style offense. They, uh, you know, just like most spreads in, in this classification, they they do mostly running stuff out of the spread. But I don't believe I remember many explosive runners. But man, they had some tough runners. They had some of these middle linebackers that they had playing on the defensive side of the ball, toting the rock, hard to tackle. Um, got a gang tackle and bring him down. We got Reese Taylor. He was a quarterback last year. He's returning and playing quarterback for him this year again. And he has some definite weapons on the outside that he's going to throw to that we're going to, I'm sure that you're going to cover. Um, but good. I believe I was, you know, Coach Marsh told us earlier, once looking like he could be drafted, I mean, different sport, but a good enough athlete to be drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Yeah, so Morgan Pearson, he's a junior, and he's already got offers on, on the football side, I think. Actually, football and baseball oh, yeah. from, from, o, from OU and uh, OSU. Well, that's definitely impressive. Now, they did graduate 
the uh, the kid who was who had at the time we played him had a scholarship offer from Southern Illinois. Who was or, or was he committed to OU as well? Um, you talking about they had the, the receiver who had a big commitment. The wide receiver? I'm not sure. The one yeah. The, the he might have been committed to OU for baseball as well though. Yeah, but he was quite an athlete, and he definitely got us deep uh, at the end of the first half and some place that's, late. In that's the second more, half that's as Morgan well. Pearson. Yeah, he's number ten. That's Morgan Pearson, but he's just a junior. Oh wait, no, that's the same kid though, that he didn't graduate. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Last year he was just a sophomore. Yep. Okay, so he is back. I was kind of breathing a sigh of relief that we didn't have to deal with that kid again, but I was, no, I was he's wrong. A, he's a it's junior. the same one. He's just a year older now. So exactly. Well, that was definitely something we had to we had to chase him around last year. So we definitely, I'm sure the coaches are, are going to be prepared for that this yeah, year. Yeah, and the the running back, the um, running back so, Ryan or Blue Norman number 22 and Caden Texas number 32. Those are those are the ones that that are going to carry the ball for him. Both good names, good football names, Blue Norman and Caden Pickens. Caden Pickens was uh, he ran the ball some, but he was also that linebacker that was just all over the field yeah, all, all over the year, place. wasn't he? Absolutely. Man, yeah, he's made, he's in. He's trying to get his head in on every tackle. So, um, let's go into uh, who who you think the players to watch this year are going to be for the Bearcats, and and then on the other side of the ball for the Indians. Yeah, for the uh, for the Bearcats, three I've got for this for this game. Um, the third one to watch I've got is uh, Alex Puga, number two. Uh, I've watched him. You know, we we saw him come on late in the uh, in the playoff games. Last year, and then watching the scrimmages, Ryan, he 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 is uh, looks like he's put on, you know, 10, 15 pounds of muscle. He he's filling out a little bit more. Um, he's only a uh, he's only a sophomore. They got list got him listed at two hundred eight now, but man, he was he was making plays out there in the in the uh, in the scrimmages. And so, uh, and, and like you like you mentioned, I think he's the H back on offense as well. So he's he's going to be asked to pick up some of that big play, Jay. Uh, production on the offensive side, so he's uh, he's my third player to watch. He's number two, Alex Puga, and then uh, of course we got to m- mention Ish Harris, my second player to watch. Uh, of course, Ish had you know 1,800 yards rushing or whatever, and a million touchdowns last year, and also played a uh, strong corner for us. But I think they're going to move him uh, to more of a free safety, uh, be that security blanket. He's going to he's going to take over the free safety uh, center field duties from, from Avery Smith uh, from last year. So we'll see what, uh, of course, we're going we're gonna to be asking a lot from Ish this entire season as far as, uh, you know, offensive running production on the offensive side and then defensively. Um, I think that's where they're going to want him to play in college. So we'll see, see what kind of strides he makes defensively this year. And then uh, the uh, – you know, number one guy to watch, of course, is is White Smith. He's going to be wearing number five. He's a junior. It's his first first uh, time playing varsity quarterback. I know he had a real successful year on JV last year. Um, he can really throw it. He looks like he's got a good good uh, pocket presence, good good uh, leadership abilities from what I saw in the scrimmages. So we'll, we will see um, on Friday night when the lights come on if he's uh, if he's game ready. I think I think. We've got to expect big things from him for for our Bearcats to, like you say, play beyond Thanksgiving for sure. Well, yep. I mean, quarterback's normally the one that's going to have to carry. You know, he's the offense goes through them. So whether you run the ball, throw the ball, 
Um, you know, the quarterback's got to be that steady, steady hand in there, keeping everybody on the same page and, and executing the offense. I'm excited to see uh, see see what he's about. You know, I've heard great things um, from the from the temperament to him slinging the ball around. So I'm excited to to see what the offense brings for that. Um, and we've kind of already touched touched on some of the Plainview kids, but you want to you want to talk about some of them? Yeah, real one? quick. The, yeah, we touched on all three really. The, the the third one for me is the quarterback. He's number 19, Reese Reese Taylor. Um, he's a senior, so he's going to be a senior leader. Uh, two years ago, he was just a uh, kind of a slot wide receiver, and then last year he took over at quarterback. Um, and then the, the second guy I've got is, is Morgan Pearson, who's that uh, highly touted uh, baseball and football kid. He's a he's a junior. He's number ten, big six three or so wide receiver. Uh, made some big plays, like you said. He had one down the sideline. If he would have gotten the end zone that last play of the first half. Last year could have been a completely different ball game, but I think um, Jay Cox got, came over and pushed him out of bounds on about the two or three yard line. Um, so, you know, he'll be on the defensive side as well. He plays defensive back, so he's going to play both ways. Same thing I, I would expect from Reese Taylor. He's going to play some defensive back as well. And then uh, my number one guy, of course, is is Caden Pickens. I really like him last year. He's got a real high motor. Uh, he's a little undersized, maybe 5'10", 5'11", but he's he's starting to get some some attention. I saw he's got a couple of small uh, scholarship offers. Um, he's a real strong powerlifting kid. Uh, can squat a house. He, he's going to play running back and wide receiver. I mean, uh, linebacker on the defense side. Uh, he's a senior again, and he's going to be number 32. So look out for 32, 19, and 10. Those are their guys. From what I remember about Caden Pickens, it's kind of what I said earlier, is he's not going to necessarily run by anybody, but he doesn't really want to run by anybody. He's going to run through you, and if you're not gang tackling and wrapping up, he's going to make you pay. So the Bearcats are going to have to be sharp when it comes to tackling and uh, gap assignment football um, just right out of the gate here for the Bearcats to get off to a good start this season. So after the players are watched, we always dive into uh, our, our patented John Little's uh, number 29's key plays of the game. So... Let's go right into the three plays of the game. Yeah, so uh, key number three. Key number three. There it is. I don't. I'll fake my my keys there. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, I've got key number three is conditioning. If you remember last year when we uh, got to the stadium, I think it was almost 105 degrees, uh, and the. the Plainview, Plainview kids really had an issue with cramps late in that game. Um, now, it may be a little bit of a different story uh, this Friday. I see the forecast is, is like 91. It's still, still going to be hot. Still, you're asking a lot from these, uh, you know, 3A type kids where they're playing on both sides of the ball. Uh, so cramping and conditioning is going to be uh, certainly going to be an issue. So we're really going to find out uh, if the boys from Oklahoma got their conditioning all wrong or not this this time around. I know uh, – you know, yeah. like I said, they were they were cramping left and right in that second half. But I will give them credit; they they won the fourth quarter against us last year. We they did not quit. Thirty to six, and then it ended up being thirty to twenty, and they were playing with some of their backups. Now I don't know if we, uh, you know, we weren't that familiar with the lineup at that point, so I, I don't know if, if we took our foot off the gas or, or what it was. But it ended up being a closer game. I think we, it might have been. I think it might have been the conditioning because we weren't we didn't have problems cramping, but late in that fourth quarter, I think mentally we're like, okay, we wrap this up, let's take a breath, we're tired, 
and it uh, it showed out. It showed through in that fourth quarter. But um, I think you're right on it with condition. Yeah, and, and and you know the Bearcat coaches love to say fatigue makes a makes a coward out of us all. And uh, so, like I said, key number three is definitely going to be conditioning. We're going to see who's in in the, in the best shape. I think um, coming up on Friday. So key number two, I've got uh, discipline and, and execution. Uh, again, last year, if you remember, there were a couple of real key fumbles in that game. Uh, Big Play J came up with one. I think Dorian Soroka came up with one in the in the in the second half. And also, uh, if I remember correctly, Big Play J blocked an extra point and then ran it back for two point conversion on our for us. So. Um, you know, just little things like that early in the season. Um, you see breakdowns and assignments and, and guys jumping off sides, et cetera. So that, that could that could be um, something to watch for um, on on Friday. And, I, and with uh, White Smith being a new uh, signal caller, one thing I did uh, notice, I like his cadence and I like his hard count. And in the scrimmages, he, he got a couple of guys to jump. Uh, from the other side, so uh, that may be a, a you know it's a nice weapon. You remember uh, Peyton Manning was was great at that. If you can stay disciplined on your side, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, you know we'll see if that's a that's a factor. And then uh, key key number one once again is uh, uh, same song from last year. Who's going to fill their shoes? By it's a 1985 classic from from George Jones, and uh, you know we're looking to. We, we got really lucky with uh, or fortunate I guess with Max Holler replacing Jacob Pitts we've had we've had just years of excellent quarterback play and so once again we're, we're looking for White Smith to really fill that void and then not only that you know losing our, our utility player of the year big play Jay uh, and all the tackles and plays that he made in every game so we're looking for Alex Puga to pick pick that up defensively Curly Brockman etc uh, really got a uh, make plays defensively, and then on the offensive side, again, Alex Puga and Aston Kirby and Cade Carter and Crew Chandler, all these guys really got to step up, and uh, we'll see, you know, if, they, if they're producing, we're going to be in good shape. we got a lot of, a lot of young weapons uh, replacing uh, Jay and, and, and Max, and we'll see, we'll see what they look like um, on Friday, and then, uh, you know, of course, uh, what's close to your heart, probably offensive, defensive lines, you know, uh, with Jacob Scott and Caleb Holloway and those guys uh, graduating. That's that's uh, really curious to see how solid uh, we're going to be on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, I really like Aaron Stripman. I saw, uh, I think he's made some some big strides uh, from what I saw in the scrimmages. So we'll see if, if Aaron Stripman becomes that that guy on the O line and defensive line that. Uh, is is really something to be reckoned with that would that would really help us i think yeah well it's going to be an exciting time friday night 7 30 at uh plainview indian um stadium i'm not entirely sure what it's called but we're going to be there in the booth bringing you the game live um we're going to have some stats we'll be on the the youtube stream chat trying to communicate with everybody who couldn't make it out there Thanks for uh, listening through the first show. This was the Custom Roofing Instruction Bearcat pregame show. Um, we'll be doing this every week, and, uh, you know, see you Friday night. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats.